morning. My name is Chris. If you're here for the first time, I'm not usually up here, but I'm here today. Um, and our text for today is Luke 24. So you can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Luke 24. We're going to be talking about the resurrection. Um, I love reading 1 Corinthians 15. Um, Whereas we're kind of covering the narrative portion, that was more the theological ideas behind the resurrection. Um, So I'm excited to get into those things today. So Luke 24, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. In returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. So this is God's word. So who has heard um, that saying that if it's too good to be true, it probably is? It's probably not true. I, for one, have. Um, When I was in college, I was looking for a part-time job, and I got this message on Indeed that there was a job available. It was remote. I would work about 10 to 15 hours a week and just answer a few emails, organize a few flights for this person who is clearly important. Um, Yeah, making like $800 to $1,000 a week. You know, they're asking me, they're like, start now. They sent me this $4,000 check uh, to organize their first business trip that I was going to do for them. And that's when I said, you know, this sounds too good to be true. Um, I said, you know, I'd like to do some paperwork before we uh, do any of this stuff. And I never heard from them again. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't true. Um, Some of you may have heard about weight loss plans where you put this belt on your waist and 40 pounds, four weeks, (laughs) gone. Probably too good to be true. Um, If you heard that there was a new professional sports team, big time sports team coming into Santa Cruz with an oceanfront stadium, (laughs) while we would love that, it's probably probably not going to happen. Um, why though? Why are those things not going to happen? Why do we have things that are too good to be true? Well, the reason is, is that we're limited. 
We are limited human beings. Well, we have a creator. We are not creators ourselves. We're created. So what that means is that we don't have this, this unending authority for how we live our lives. We can't lose 40 pounds in four weeks with a band because we're limited. We don't have the power to do that. And that's why it's not true. We can't create these things that would be unbelievable, unimaginably great, because we're limited. While we're limited, God is not limited. He is unlimited. He has no boundaries. There's nothing that God cannot do. And when we look at the resurrection, we might think it sounds too good to be true. That when we expect death, we find life. When we deserve death, God graciously gives us life. You might think that sounds too good to be true, and to be honest, that's what we should think. The gospel is the greatest news that you have ever heard. And if you don't believe me, either you're misunderstanding what I'm saying and what the Bible says, or you haven't understood it yet, but it is the best news that any of us could have ever heard. So with God, when it sounds too good to be true, it's actually true. So my prayer is that we are able to rejoice in that as we look at the familiar story uh, of the resurrection this morning. Um, So in this narrative, the first thing we see is that the women running to the tomb were expecting death. Now, that shouldn't surprise us very much, because where were they going? (laughs) To a tomb, to a grave. What do we expect when we go to a grave? We expect death. Lots of it, right? There's no life that we expect there. And if going to a grave isn't enough uh, convincing for us, we see that they, um, they waited until the first day of the week, right? So that's Uh, the day after the Sabbath. So clearly the women weren't expecting Jesus to either be risen or they're alive. Why? Because they had time. They waited. (laughs) They kept the law and they waited till the Sabbath was over and then they went. They were also taking spices. So why would Jewish women have taken spices? It's for the burial process, right? Who do we bury? Dead people. All this to say that they expected Jesus to be dead. Because why? Jesus had died. He died on the cross. And honestly, we're just like the women. When we see dead people, we expect them to stay dead. That's just a reality of life, right? Death is expected. Ever since The fall of Adam and Eve, we know this as a reality. So uh, many of you will know that my 93-year-old grandma is essentially on her deathbed right now. Um, That's a reality of life. Why? Because she's 93 and we're human, right? Praise the Lord. uh, She loves God. And she believes this resurrection story And because of that, she's reconciled with God and has a hope, a living hope, right? That 
she will be with her Savior when she dies. But still, that's, that's a reality. That's a truth that we all have to reconcile with. And it's what the women were expecting. It's what they had reconciled with. And that's what we have to reconcile with this morning. So they expected death. But what did they find? They found life. Let's look at verses 2 and following. It says, And they found a stone rolled away from the tomb. So that's kind of reality tech number one. Like We weren't expecting this. <laughs> Where is the stone? Verse 3, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Reality check number two. Not only did they not see the tomb in front of the grave, they didn't see Jesus. Who were they expecting to see? A dead Jesus. What did they not find? A dead Jesus. So naturally, they were perplexed about this. Verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. I just love this verse. A lot of times we skip through these things, but it's as if like they, these two huge shining angels weren't there before, but all of a sudden they don't see Jesus and then boom, two dazzling angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead. Now let's stop and just ponder upon the heart of God here. Not you idiots. Don't you remember? You're missing the point. A gentle question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. So the angels present this divine decree from God himself that, yeah, you were fully expecting Jesus to be here dead in the grave, but he is not. He is risen and that's where our hope is, that Jesus is not in the grave. He is alive, and he is risen. Now, verse 8 says, And they remembered his words. And I want to focus on this point for a little bit. So the question is, where is Jesus? They say, he is risen. And the angels and messengers from God, that's what angels are, they say, remember what he told you. So the way that the women here looking for Jesus were going to find life is what? They are supposed to remember the words of Jesus. So just as a comfort to us all, while we're not presently seeing Jesus, what is the decree from the angels? How do they encounter the risen Lord? They're supposed to remember what he said. Guess what? We have that too. We have the full revelation of God in the scriptures so that we can find life by remembering the words of Jesus. So let's do that both here today as we read scripture, as we pray through scripture, 
as the sermon is based on scripture, but also throughout the week in our lives together. So we, um, I like the term gospelize each other, right? As we look at the scriptures and encourage each other, challenge each other, comfort each other with the scriptures as we do what? As we remember the words of Jesus. Now, verse 9 says, In returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. Now, as we prayed for women today in our congregation, I want the women of our congregation to be encouraged. Who are the ones there? The women. You know, there's a really cool thing. If you look at the genealogy in Matthew, there is four women there. Women have such a key role in the church and in God's mission. And you see that their faith there. These women have a legacy that they ran to everyone else to tell them the good news. They remembered the words of Jesus. I want to encourage the women. You have such an awesome role to play. And there's this beautiful legacy of Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Encouraged by that. But these words seem to them an idle tale. So to the apostles, they're like, a good word for that is just, you know, like, that's complete lie. (laughs) There's no way that's true. No way. They didn't believe it at all. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. So when we think of these last three verses, I want us to think that. One, we're all journalists, right? (laughs) What did the woman do? They went, they received news, and they ran and told the news. What does the journalist do? Receives and tells news, right? We're all journalists. We all tell everyone else about what matters to us. So this week, um, I love volleyball, right? I, I love volleyball. So Saturday, I was playing in a volleyball tournament, right? What did I tell people all week? <laughs> I'm playing in a volleyball tournament on Saturday, right? Why? Because I love volleyball. I was excited about it. I love playing with it or playing volleyball. I love talking about it. I love watching it. So I love volleyball. Uh, you may love other things. You may love, um, I'm, a, I'm a sports guy. You may love cycling. You may love basketball. You may love soccer. You may love dance. You may love books. You may love coffee. You may love a million different things. And one of the signs that you truly love it is that you tell other people about it. You are a journalist for that thing that you love because that's just who we are. It's what we do. So what did the women love? 
They love that Jesus was risen. So what did they do? They told people. They ran back to the disciples and they said, He is risen. And while we're all journalists, a lot of us are skeptics. Now you may be here today and I'm like, no, I'm a Christian, man. Like, I'm not a skeptic. I believe this. Um, and that's true, but you were a skeptic. Um, I was a skeptic. And when I'm not uh, behaving as I should, saying the things that I should, loving and serving the way that I should, um, what's really happening is that I'm skepticizing whether this message is really true. So when I don't um, live in obedience and holiness and love as a Christian, I am in my heart being skeptical of whether what Jesus has said is really true, whether it's really worth following. Um, you know, as we, as we fall into these entrapments of sin and death, really, uh, God kind of fades out of view, right? Um, he becomes less of a reality as we kind of, at first we may weigh, you know, God's way, world's way, God's way, sinful way. But as we kind of weigh those two things out, what happens is that God kind of will fade out of view as we choose sin. And before we know it, it's not even a choice anymore, you know? Um, so let's focus on God. Let's gaze upon God. And let's be good, faithful journalists, and let's be less of skeptics. But... There is hope for the skeptics because while um, we're all journalists and we're all skeptics, at least at times, we all have Peter potential. So what I mean by that is think about Peter um, in Luke 19, I believe, you see Peter um, denying his Lord. I think I have that wrong. Yeah, I totally have that wrong. In Luke, you have, you have Peter, what, denying his Lord three times. You, you were a disciple of Jesus. Nope. You were, nope, I wasn't. I don't know him. You were a disciple. Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. And he starts swearing at them. That's the Peter that we're thinking about right now. Failed. Probably miserable and hopeless. But Peter got a glimmer of hope that Jesus might be alive. This message that the women were telling is true. So what does he do? He runs, right? He runs, in a sense, to the risen Lord. He runs to see the grave, and then he sees it. So he sees the truth, he sees the words of Jesus coming to life, and what does he do? He marvels. I love that word. He just marvels. It's like he's in awe of the reality of the gospel. So the woman expected death. They found life, and together the woman and Peter and everyone who believes in the message of the gospel um, the gospel is, as we see in Corinthians 
15, the gospel is this. Verse 3, Corinthians 15, 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in, according, in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. So that's the gospel message. And the way that these people who saw the risen Savior encountered the gospel was that when they expected death, they found life. And with the whole of scriptures, we see that not only did they uh, expect Jesus to be dead, but um, the reality of the gospel in this text is that uh, they and we, who are sinful people, deserve that death, that Jesus died. The guilt that Jesus covered on the cross belongs to us. It doesn't belong to Jesus. It belongs to us. And what we see in the cross and in the empty grave is that when we're united to Christ by faith, the death that we deserve is gone. It's wiped away. And what we get is life. You know, that's why the resurrection is a living hope for us. It's not just life. It's not just that Jesus is alive, but we have the hope of life as well. We are united to Christ by faith, and he gives us his life. We don't deserve it, but he gives us his life by faith. So before I finish, I want to think through some comforts that the resurrection gives us. And the first one is that Jesus really rose from the dead. Like this is not just an Easter story. I know we're trying to get ready for uh, November and December right now, but this is not just an Easter story. Jesus really rose from the dead. And the theological ideas that we read about in 1 Corinthians 15, are really true because Jesus Christ really raised from the dead. Another comfort is that our redemption is accomplished. So there's other places in Scripture where it says that Jesus finished his work on the cross and then he did what? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And what does sitting down uh, symbolize for us? Finished. It is finished. It's a finished work. So what did Drew do when he finished um, doing worship today? He sat down. What am I going to do uh, when I'm done today? I'm going to sit down. What do you, what's the first thing you want to do when you get home from a long day of work? You want to sit down, right? Why? Because you're finished. So what does Jesus do when he accomplishes this through the power of the Father? He sits down. Why? Because he's finished, which means that our redemption is complete. There's no like, well, this might happen. You know, who knows? When I die, I'll figure it out. No, our redemption is accomplished because Christ's work is accomplished. There's nothing left for us to do. We place our faith in that and it's done. And we can have rest, security, and comfort because it's done. 
Three, the power of God displayed in giving Jesus new life in the resurrection is the same God who gives us power through the Holy Spirit. And it's that same power. We get life. We get life, the power of life through the Spirit. So the power of God seen in the resurrection is given to us through the Spirit of God. So as believers, we have God's Spirit in us. And a lot of times, especially in our Baptist circles, we think, eh, you know, Spirit, you know. We don't even know, like, what does that mean? We don't want to be charismatic or anything. There is power in us through the Holy Spirit. Rejoice in that. Think about it. Dwell upon that. that We have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And finally, as 1 Corinthians 15 talks about, if God raised Jesus from the dead, will not you be raised also? So we have our own literal resurrection hope this morning because Jesus is risen. If Jesus wasn't risen, no hope. No hope on that last day. Jesus wasn't risen, God's not going to raise us. And our faith is in vain and our hope is in vain. Paul's preaching is in vain. I shouldn't even be up here right now if Christ isn't risen from the dead. But Christ is risen from the dead. So we will be raised with him when he comes again. So are you depressed today? He will renew your spirits. Are you injured? He'll renew your body. There's people who have injuries that will never go away in this lifetime. Disabilities that will never go away. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have a hope of a new life, new bodies, no tears ever again, where we will dwell with our Savior forever in complete and utter joy. Are you sad? Are you stressed out? Are you overcome by the burdens of life? We have a living hope that will never fade, will never go away in glory when our Savior comes back and raises us up with him. It's not a maybe, it's a for sure. It's happening. Why? Because Christ is risen. Let's pray.